Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ed's Auto Garage. This is Ed Arango. I am here in Huntington Beach, California, and um, we are, you know, somewhere in our, I think, close to uh, half a dozen shows so far. And um, today I have a special guest, uh, a longtime friend, um, Brian Bayshore, and um, in all actualities, his family were neighbors and uh, kind of Brian, uh, Brian, when we moved into the neighborhood, Brian was probably like in his uh, early 20s and was a little wild, crazy guy throwing <laughs> parties across the street. And, um, and, then, um, and then, you know, life happened and now he's, a, he's an old fart married guy with kids and, or, a, or one kid, I should say. And, uh, and you yeah, know, life happens. And, um, and so we're here talking a little bit about um, cars and just like we're just kind of like shooting the you know what just sitting here in our garage and in all actuality today is the first episode that we've actually done it um, live from the garage both of us together in the past we've kind of done shows where people have just kind of called in or we've uh, uh, videoed in but this one isn't actually really really in the garage. And um, hi, Brian, welcome, welcome to the show. And uh, Brian, why don't you give us a little background about um, what you do in your industry. Brian, Brian is in the um, title insurance side. I mean, we are an insurance agency here at Newport Beach Insurance Center, but um, give us a little background, Brian, welcome to the show and give us a little background about uh, Tycor. Thank you, Ed. Uh, it's cool to be here. It's cool to be, uh, we do this often, just kind of shooting the you know what? whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and now we're, we're making a show out of it. But I think, I think he was, maybe you're just mad you didn't get an invite to some of those parties over there in the past. That's but. right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm Brian Bayshore. Um, I, I stumbled into a career of title insurance about 12 years ago. Uh, kind of hard to believe it's been that long and uh, really had no idea what's going on with title insurance. And uh, that's kind of where I got started. Um, yeah, about 12 years ago, um, a little history. My, my father has been in title insurance since 1983. Uh, he started in sales, didn't know in a similar situation, didn't really know anything, um, got started in it. And then growing up as a kid, I never really knew exactly <laughs> what title insurance was. It was a cool job. Um, the job was different than it is today, definitely. Uh, then it was more, uh, I mean, obviously service, but uh, wine and dine, the expense accounts, entertainment, um, that all came to a halt with uh, SB 133 the same year that I got started in title insurance. So I uh, kind of grew up never really knowing or I guess maybe not caring uh, kind of exactly the details on it. Uh, and then I said, hey, old man, I, I, I'd like to get in title insurance. And this is probably around the same time that Ed would uh, see me doing inappropriate things across the street. And uh, <laughs> he said, no way, no chance. You're not qualified. You're, you know, no, no way. And uh, here's a friend of mine who's got a startup company, a startup title company. Why don't you give him a call, take him to lunch and, and see what you can do. So called this gentleman up and he said, ah, he just kind of, uh, he got excited and said, yeah, I'd love to basically scare the shit out of you and uh and see what you can do so he offered me a job for uh basically pennies and uh and i accepted and i think everyone thought 
yeah, it'll be it'll be a nice little short term thing and, and we'll see what we're doing. So uh, I stuck with that for two years working on the inside, working directly on a title unit with a title officer where they're working with escrow, they're working with the lenders, they're working with the real there. It's where all the processing is going on. Um, why don't you why don't you give us a little bit, a little maybe back up a little bit and give you know, talk to me like I'm a second grader, which is pretty close, but give me an, uh, basically a second grader's view of what title insurance is yeah. and how it works. Yeah. So kind of the overall um, quick overview of title insurance is it is a protection to homeowners um, for obviously the title of their home, their ownership, their rights, and kind of the uh, what comes with the property that might be um, you know, the lot lines, there might be an easement, there might be, um, there's, there's different things on properties of things that people don't notice um, and don't really account for, but there could be in your title report, which is, is highly overlooked, and um, that kind of addresses all those situations, the vesting, how you hold title, uh, maybe you and your wife or in a trust or in a partnership and an LLC, there's, there's different ways to hold title. And then there's different aspects that come with a property. And that's what we ensure. So, um, so do you have to have like, like homeowners insurance? Do you have to have title insurance throughout always while you're, while you own your home or is it only during a particular transaction? Like maybe during escrow when you buy it or you're, or you're selling a home. Yeah. So the, the interesting thing about title insurance versus um, different types of insurances is it's a it's a one-time fee oh so it's not okay. a recurring uh thing it's there'll be typically there's two policies issued so when you purchase your house there's going to be your owner's policy which protects you the homeowner um, and then usually people are buying with a loan so if they're bringing in money from a bank or wherever it's coming from that lender the bank is going to ask for title insurance on their loan in a specific position against the property first position maybe you have a home equity line that's second position so they're going to ask for um, a lender's policy which is ensuring their position um, in the event of foreclosure or non-payment or that type of thing uh, so those are both paid for one time and the owner's policy lasts as long as you own the home and your lender's policy typically will get redone if you refinance or uh, at other times. So is it paid for by, let's say, let's say I'm buying a new house from mm -hmm. somebody in particular, and is it paid for by me, the buyer, or by the seller? So uh, we're here, as we mentioned, in Southern California, um, typical uh, traditional costs, closing costs, the the seller of the property is paying for the owner's policy for the new buyer then that new buyer if they're bringing in a loan is oh. going to be paying for their lender's policy so the scott the the cost will be split um into two parties and the the reasoning behind the seller and the thinking behind the seller paying for the title policy for that's actually for the new buyer is that is their obligation to prove clear title. So mm -hmm. similar when you're selling a car, a big issue comes up, do you have the title? Is it in your name? So it's uh, in a sense, it's kind of them doing their due diligence on here's my house, here's the title report. 
here is uh, here's you know you're going to be getting a, a clear title. Yeah. So. so I mean, so I'm assuming then. I mean, you've probably seen or have heard of scenarios where you know somebody's buying a piece of property, a home, or a commercial real estate something and just somebody out of left field just comes out of the blue and says wait a second that's mine i've owned that thing and my name's on this and then it just turns into a big ball of wax yeah yeah so that's uh those type of things happen you know somebody shows up at the door somebody says this is my home that's what i'm protecting my... myself with with this title insurance exactly right. so so during the escrow period titles work and in creating this report is doing we're searching public records and everything that's recorded against the property so uh so you don't have somebody that's like hey my parents owned this house 20 years ago and they left it to me and then my brother sold it and i never signed off on it so it's a it's kind of a checklist of who's entitled to what and making sure all the processes go. And I can see that being a nightmare amongst family and family members and absolutely like that. all the time, all the time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and then you have, uh, and anyone can go record something at the county's recorder's desk. So I could go record a lien or deed your property to me if yeah. I was trying to be savvy, you know, savvy or, or, uh, you know, some type of, of ill intentions and those things happen. And, and something that's recorded at the county without title insurance, we call that an uninsured deed. So we'll, we come across those all the time, all the time. Do you have to buy title insurance when you're making this transit? I mean, is it like required? Like, like when you have a, a mortgage, you're, you need to have homeowner's insurance. I mean, mm -hmm. is it required? It, I don't believe it's required a lender is going to require it the lender so would require it okay, okay. Require so then it's required so you could run a risk and buy without it it just would be really foolish on the cost versus it's a one-time cost versus the consequence of what could happen so your title insurance is going to cover um you know your loss of damage uh, the, the amount up to you know the property value insurance you know whatever that that insurance was issued at and you know court fees a lot of things so um, we don't talk about loss a lot in the title industry, but it happens quite often. And, uh, and title companies are paying out in claims and helping homeowners, you know, kind of sort out issues. So they, they do happen, but of course that's not something that that's heavily advertised or similar to, uh, you know, auto insurance is not on commercial saying we paid out this much in claims. You right, know, it's right. kind of, uh, it's, we talk about claims reserves, but not, not the, not the ugly of it. So, so since it's a one-time fee or, um, per transaction, I mean, obviously you're not, you're not receiving a residual or, or a annual renewal or anything like that. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're constantly hunting for new business. Right, right. So the role of a, of a account executive, a executive vice president, whatever all these fancy names everyone gives themselves, yeah. a title rep. Um, mo the majority of my business would be directed from uh, real estate agents, mortgage professionals, um, commercial brokers, that type of thing. Because typically a homeowner is selling a home. Uh, they know their realtor. They know that. They don't know title insurance. Maybe sure. they don't know an escrow company. They don't know. So they kind of lean on uh, you know, the, the, the realtor. realtor to basically refer the business. So that's kind of where that I uh, touched on the, the wine and dine and all that stuff where they cut back on that. 
um, because it was basically uh, viewed as 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 title is paying for is is incentivizing agents for a referral, which is kind of buying business. So that's kind of uh, the thinking behind that. So yeah, it's uh, it's not residual in that sense, but if you can develop good relationships with your clients, meaning the realtors, commercial brokers, and everybody, um, they can be a great source of repeat business. Um, and kind of you just you know you kind of get on the team, figure out the ways you can help them best and uh, kind of just keep growing and, and helping each other out. So the realtor is kind of like like the hot chick at the bar. Everybody wants to kind of buddy up with the with them and be everybody's their everybody's got their hand out. And, uh, <laughs> everybody wants to dance with the hot chick. So it's it's a highly competitive business and some of the hot chicks do really well then I'm competing against you know so it's kind of uh, sometimes it's 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 a tough it's a tough gig you know. So, so, I mean, I, I would think, I mean, cause it kind of happens the same to us as well in the insurance side. That's fine. Um, it, it happens the same to us as in the insurance side where, you know, we, you know, we, we'd like to get, uh, referrals, right. You know, we'd like to get in connection and, and with agents and maybe escrow people and stuff like that, because everybody's kind of playing in that same world, right, you know? Right. And, um, and, and it's not necessarily because, um, I mean, granted, I mean, we're all trying to make a living here, uh, but to be part of the, the transaction closing team, mm -hmm. Because everybody needs to be on the same page to help this deal go through. Right. So, so I can imagine that a realtor, um, you kind of have to, you kind of have to buddy up with realtors, and realtors have to have to buddy up with you and trust you and like you, so 100%. that so that they can they'll continue kind of you know you're their go-to guy. Oh, my right. title guy. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, you know, that's Brian. I got, you know, my title guy. I can go to him. Right. Right. Type of a thing. Yeah. And it's kind of the, the sense they're not title insurance experts. They don't want to be. Sure. But they want to know that if I give Brian this deal, he's going to take care of all the business. He's going to take care of everything. There's not going to be any surprises when we're coming to close. So right. your title company, we're the, we're the last in line. We are sending out to the recorder's office to record. We get the confirmation back. And that is my favorite phone call to make. Hey Ed, congratulations! We're recorded, we're confirmed, done deal. So that is the best call in the world you can make. Um, the, the the tricky part of that is being the last part or being the last leg of the transaction is if mistakes or you know people are dragging their feet in other aspects. We're kind of like hot potato, and and the docs show up that same day and they're like, release them for recording right now. We need to review those docs. There could be errors, and then and then if the the company finds errors or problems, then it's the title company's fault that why aren't we closing today? Right. And when you know, in reality, it's kind of like you're you're given a, a tough situation sometimes. So that's why it's important to maintain those good communication, good you know, throughout the transaction. This isn't a trust. Okay, do we have a copy of the trust? We need to review who's entitled, you know, who's, uh, who's in charge of the trust, who can sign for the trust. I mean, there's just every transaction's different and uh, a lot of moving parts. So it's, it's really good to have those, you know, 
communication and your relationships of trust. For you in the in the title uh, in the title world, does the transaction is it is it something that you can you can do a transaction from start to finish in one day, or is it usually two weeks, a month? Uh, yeah. So we on our end, we can do things quickly. Um, uh, title reports ordered a typical turn time on a, on a preliminary title report is a standard would be one to three days. Um, if somebody calls and says, Hey, we need this report now. Uh, sometimes that could be done in an hour. Wow. You know, it's just a matter of focus and what, uh, some properties, if they're older, they call it a back plant search where we'll have to request further documents that haven't been uploaded into a computer database into something that we can access. So those can take longer, depends on the county. Um, if it's a more remote county, uh, some things could take longer. So there's a, there's a lot of variables in it, but uh, when we get asked to stop, drop and roll, like we, that's when we do it. Yeah. So. Well, let me take a minute here and kind of uh, uh, take a little break and uh, tell you about our sponsors today. Today's uh, show is brought to you by Newport Beach Insurance Center. Uh, we specialize in providing insurance to the auto industry from your average grocery getter to exotic collector cars to automobile repair shops and dealerships. Uh, we can customize a policy to fit your needs. Check us out at www.npbic.com or call us at 949-358-7990. Also, we're brought to you by CAPTA IMS, uh, your no-nonsense insurance agency management software for the independent agent to middle-sized agency. Built by insurance agents for insurance agents. CAPTAIMS.com for more details. CAPTA, C-A-P-T-A-I-M-S.com. Um, and, um, okay. I think then we can kind of get done talking about the boring shit. Yeah. The Nobody stuff. wants to talk about Thailand. Let's talk. Let's be honest. We've opened up and cracked open a couple of beers here and now we're going to kind of switch it over to talking about, uh, our cars and our rides and, and, and dude, I, since I've known you, you know, from, you know, the last, you know, 12 years, 13 years, um, you've always had pretty cool cars and i like my cars yeah <laughs> you've always had pretty cool cars and uh kind of give me a little bit of a background on how you kind of got into you know yeah. the cool car thing and then we'll we'll kind of move it into talking about you know your your is it a c10 c10 yeah, yeah your c10 yeah. chevy pickup truck that you've got that's pretty pretty cool so yeah tell yeah us about that um i guess kind of growing up as a, a boy if you can say that these days anymore i don't know i uh, <laughs> um, uh i was always into cars and trucks and hot wheels you know kind of always that thing Got all my hot uh, wheels up there yep yep always fascinated uh pre-runner off-road kind of trucks was always cool that was kind of a cool thing in the 80s growing up you know and and I guess maybe it's partially in my blood as, uh, as my, my grandfather, or my mom's dad, he's always been a, definitely been a, a car okay. guy. He's always had cool cars, new car every couple of years, you know, and you get older and you realize like, oh, that was a, he had a lot of kids and had a coupe always, you know, like, <laughs> what's going on? You know, it was kind of cool. Uh, always had cool cars, cool boats, you know, kind of always that, that type of thing. Everything was always, 
washed and waxed and kept nice. So I think as a little kid, seeing his big, uh, he had a GMC, basically the C10. Oh, yeah. Oh, the one that was now. in the driveway. Yeah, the thing that rotted that's away. That's right, the one that's yeah. in the driveway. 454 big block to, yeah. just went to, went to hell in a handbasket. But it's <laughs> uh, always sitting in there, you know, and playing with the steering wheel and grabbing the little grippy knobs and, and kind of that feel and that smell of the gas is just something that like kind of just it sticks to you you get addicted to it and that's a funny thing that my truck i get comments a lot you know thumbs up whatever but i love that smell i love oh, the yeah. smell it's like uh it, you hear that one quite a bit so because the smell kind of brings back memories i mean if you're if you're in if you're in your 30s and older that smell of uh, fuel and gasoline and stuff like that i mean it kind of conjures up memories of like sitting in the car with your dad going down the road or you right. know you know so yeah i mean i, I get it too the thumbs up on the, oh, the smell yeah 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 so growing up i guess or you know getting my my kind of my first cars and always you know always looking around and always curious always wanted you know an, another car or an old car it's kind of just something i always thought i'd want and then uh, you get older and you start, you know, making money or planning and, and start controlling the things you want to do. Um, kind of started in, uh, it's nice, you know, kind of having an extra car for whatever reason. It's, it's good to get extra street sweeping tickets and <laughs> shuffle around and extra insurance. But yep. Ed takes care of everything. So, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all good. But um, yeah, just kind of uh, always had kind of my mind on this square body C10 and that's kind of what I have wanted and kind of went through a few cars to get there but I guess you say that about them all right this is the last one this is it's done it's sure yeah <laughs> right whatever whatever but I mean but but also I mean kind of elaborate a little bit about I mean because you did uh, you know as as a young guy growing up I mean you guys did I believe both you and your brother did valet work and you guys yeah. got to drive cool cars and yeah so I guess uh I started working at Enterprise I guess that was that was my little car relation too um dropping off picking up people and did that gig and it well, was fun I didn't know that, that was... yeah oh, wow. yeah so uh, I'd wash the cars, car prep, and <laughs> get them gassed up, and delivered one to uh, the airport for Bill Clinton. That was like probably the highlight of my oh, inter really? enterprise career. You know? <laughs> so I thought that was cool, and uh, vacuumed it extra good for that guy, and <laughs> just kind of funny. So then, uh, then my parents went to went with one of their friends who was a, a single lady to a new hot spot in Newport Beach that had opened up. It was called Three Thirty Three. Uh, used to be the Yankee Tavern, kind of a, a staple of Newport, um, you know, so so my parents went down there, and they're like, wow, this place is just going crazy, just opened up, all kinds of cars everywhere, and uh, they're waiting for their car, and start, you know, small talk with the valet, and he said, hey, I, I don't know how, we're, we're hiring, or blah, 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 and, and my mom said, hey, my son works at Enterprise, He'd, oh, great, have him call me, so called the guy the next day, we talked for, I don't know, 20 minutes and he's like, you're hired, man. Show up. Like, really? sounds good. Wow. So kind of gave me my first opportunity to get down there. And, uh, that was something I ended up doing for quite a while. It's, it's easy, easier money, I guess, is when it's doing something fun. Yeah. But so this, this clientele there is just insane. I'm, I was driving cars with like, you know, 
two miles that just came from Fletcher Jones with, you know, six figure price tags on them. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is like insane. This guy just hops out and throws me the keys, throws me the keys and I back it up and just get to play with, you know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar cars all <laughs> night. And, uh, so that was, that was pretty fun. Got to drive everything. I mean, everything you could think of and always had a, a, a running joke with another valet that those cars that are kind of that Corella DeVille car. So once I park one of those, I'm going to quit. You know, so <laughs> I, if I park one of those, I'm out. But so we drove all kinds of cars and met a lot of really interesting people. You know, it's kind of a uh, Newport. You see a lot of a lot of real money and a lot of fake money. So. A lot of fake money and a lot of fake other stuff too. <laughs> a lot of fake. Yeah. Saw, <laughs> saw a lot of things there for sure. Um, and this was in the days before Uber and all that. So we kind of, uh, we Ooh, developed a little, yeah, we developed it where everyone's at the bar. So they're coming out, you know, probably shouldn't be driving. And of course we don't want them driving. So we shoot all the taxis out of the parking lot. And I had a, a really nice Tahoe at the time. So we decided we we're going to run our own little uh, a driver service. Nice. Yeah. So, so you guys were dropping them off. Nice. So we, we schemed <laughs> and dreamed because we're like, hey, if Ed wants to come in on Tuesday night, get hammered, he's got to go to work on Wednesday. He needs his car home. So we'd staff extra guys, uh, drive them home and have another valet driving their car or drive them in their car and have a kind of a chase car type thing. So you could basically rent us and, and we played with different ways to do it. Charge them by the mile, charge them nothing. Just hope for a for, tip for a good tip, which really worked out great sometimes and really didn't sometimes. Yeah. So we played with a bunch of different arrangements. Um, but that was an interesting thing. Got to drive a lot of cars and not just in the parking lot. Yeah. Know, so that was pretty fun. Developed some great relationships. I mean, I can't tell you how many job offers you get as a, as a valet and it's and kind of funny you say that people yeah it's, it's funny that you say it because i would think that too because it doesn't take much for for somebody that's approachable and friendly as a valet to kind of connect with some right. somebody at the door of their car and just kind of you know shoot the shit for a minute Absolutely. and before you know it that guy goes hey this kid because honestly i think deep down inside i think that there's a lot of professionals and uh you know business owners themselves that are always willing maybe i'm kind of glossy-eyed about it but i think there's a lot of them that really kind of want to see other people do well i think so yeah and, no and, i think you're and if they see on. some kid that looks like he's a go-getter and just you can kind of just kind of read them yeah you know why not why right. not help them right and that's uh i guess that's you know you you see them once a week a couple times a month whatever <laughs> wow, Brian, you've been here for a while. You're like always friendly, whatever, right. you know, or, you know, you kind of, Hey, you ever thought about doing this? I don't know. What's that like? You know? So I, I definitely went on some exploring and uh, kind of testing of jobs and everything. But to your point, I think a lot of guys that are business owners and uh, in, in maybe more so the ones that created their own business or started their own don't believe as much as you, I want to see your resume with your yeah. master's degree and all the debt no, you've accumulated. If I get along with you, if you get it, you get it. Yeah, you know, so. exactly. I think I think that's that's very that's very true. And I think a lot. Yeah, business owners are more like that. If you're just kind of like the company guy, and I work in HR, I'm going to ask you for your resume, and you're okay. Give me a cover letter. All you know, all right. that BS crap. And that's the the teachable aspect. Right. And that was kind of how the valet opportunity started. He said, "Sure, you're hired." He hired like 20 guys at the same time. And he was smart. He said, whoever's working hard, whoever's doing a good job is going to stay. Yeah. I can, I'm, I'll figure this out in a matter of two weeks. Yeah. So anytime I had an opportunity to stay late, 
who wants to get cut? Not me, not me, never, even though if I did, not me. Work hard, you know, do all those things. And that allowed me to really grow and, and kind of run my own mini valet business in there. But you know what? You learned you learned from there some some lessons that you are carrying on to your job now because all things being equal, you have a bunch of guys that are doing exactly the same thing. And now your superior, your boss, the owner, he's looking at all these guys doing the same thing. And he's looking for that one thing that makes that one individual shine a little bit more, be it he comes in a little early, he's willing to stay a little late, he doesn't leave or clock, you know, if you're, you know, I don't know, your work schedule, if you're a clock, if you're clocked in or clocked out, you know, you're, you know, you're not a clock watcher, like, oh, it's five, it's 459, I'm clocking out, right, you know, if all those little things you might not think matter, but they do matter. Yep. You know, in a, in, in a working environment. Well, I only get paid till five o'clock. Well, you know what? Don't, right. you know, if you get a call, if you get a phone call at 459, don't not take it. Right. You need to take that phone call, even though it might cost you another 15, 20 minutes of sitting at your desk. Hey, those are the things that make somebody stand out. And I think employer yeah. employers look at that. Yeah. Both the owners. Yeah, he was he was smart about that. And he and anyone that's worked in valet knows like obviously there's a lot of cash. There's a lot of trust with other valets and each other. And he always made a point to to pay us well. And that helped him avoid any stealing, any sneaky, you know, you get a twenty dollar bill handed to you, you're like, ah, should I go put it in the drawer or should I just take it? And it could be testing. Exactly. It's a test. Exactly. And this guy was always you you know, you work hard, you get rewarded. And yeah. uh so I got to hang out with with a bunch of really cool cars, all kinds of classics. And it's yeah, it's kind of a, a shocker when a guy rolls up and and you're like, oh man. He's like, Yeah, go ahead, park it. And you're like, um, it's a little intimidating at first, you know. <laughs> so uh like it, so it was it was a interesting thing. The the key fobs were new at the time, so everyone was bringing those in the restaurant. And it's wall to wall person, you can't find who's Who's where's the guy with the oh because he left GS he took it in there now yeah. it's turned off and we can't move it and it's uh, just uh super the keys in their pocket they forget somebody's purse who knows right what. right so I can't imagine now with all the different systems and everything what 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 guys are doing these days so let's let's get back to talking about the truck tell me yeah. about the truck you bought this truck where did you find it uh what kind of condition was it in what have yeah. you done to it so far um what are your plans for it well, I don't know if my wife's listening to this. I don't know if I want to tell her <laughs> everything that's into it, but you know, that's, uh, that's always the, you can, uh, the funny thing. Yeah, I so, know. I know that um, one. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, I guess, my second classic truck. Uh, it's a 1980 Chevy C10 uh, Cheyenne model. So it's uh, the square body, known as a square body. Last year of uh, kind of the round headlights, they did a little mix in the front. So uh, they went from 73 to 80, and then 81 to 87. Wait, yours has round headlights round headlights oh i didn't yeah, I, yeah. I probably I, I just didn't dawn on me yeah okay. they'll refer to it as like the egg crate grill so it's a unique to 1980 so some guys love it some guys hate it um 73 to 75 similar and then just kind of 77 has yellow trim i mean everyone's got their different their different thing and while i was searching and searching i always knew i wanted the you know chevy or a gmc um some guy was smart in his ford f100 or f250 is what it was and he tagged it with c10 and so in his search results you know oh and the keywords. so i fell in love with this f250 that i really didn't want but i thought i wanted 
Um, so I bought that, drove around for a little while, cleaned it up, you know, just did some, not really anything major and made a nice little profit on that. So bought it right and sold it right. And that kind of led me to a, a quote unquote free upgrade, I guess, to, to this one. I'd always been looking, uh, found this one online and it was out in uh, San Jacinto. So a little ways out. Uh, it's probably about. Where's the house? Is that San Diego? No, oh, that way, yeah, back that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, kind of talked to the guy over the phone, you know, kind of give me the no BS. Like I'm, you know, I really want to buy this thing. Let's what's, what's the deal. It'll pass smog. No problem. No uh -oh. problem. Okay. All right. I'm gonna take an Uber out there and I'm gonna drive this thing home. And we get out there and he didn't take it to get smog. We went to four different shops, couldn't get it smog. And I was like, dude, what are we doing? You know, this is kind of BS. So frustrated with that he ended up giving me a significant discount because as you know with smog if you can't register you can't smog it you can't register, register. it can't be yours so i kind of had to beat him up for that and uh and drove it home and uh and yeah that was kind of that was it the the nice part or my favorite part about it was they own a upholstery shop interiors killer it's like super comfortable it is yeah it is very nice um almost you know like like a new truck i guess i'd say inside and, yeah yeah and they had done a repaint which is not my favorite but it's it's repainted to factory colors that was important to me um rust free beautiful is a, a 350 motor with the, the 350 turbo transmission so that's a three speed um not ideal but i mean it's it it works just fine um highway freeway gears for now um like i said i kind of like doing that it's it's so since then kind of found out I, the engine just died on me mm. i don't think these guys did the best the original 350 the original 350 kind of just took a dump and uh i thought it was just an alternator or power issue or something just did just kind of bogged down at a stoplight no major anything so i was like okay we'll just get it towed quick fix get the phone call that hey we can't get this thing to crank over it's things dead you know so i'm like oh shit mm. so uh, you know what was going to be a couple hundred bucks <laughs> quickly escalated into thousands and uh that's when i started uh engine shopping so i guess back to the a lot of guys do the the ls swap which is your more modern engine right computers and all that type of stuff which is great and all i just personally wanted a carbureted 350 wanted to keep it kind of uh period correct kind of old school looking yeah like that smell yeah like that's exactly. smell. so yeah because the those uh those ls swan injected and yes it's a whole different yeah. setup and that's probably you know a lot of my love for that truck being surrounded by technology and computers and working on it all day you get in that thing it's analog yes yeah analog, no tracking phones down phones put away it's just you driving, smelling, looking it's the around. Same thing as this little stupid thing. Oh yeah, you drive that thing for fifteen minutes, and it's like you took a two-hour nap, and you're refreshed, and you're like, "Wow, this is you know, it's it's a different feeling for sure." So yeah, so when I started motor shopping, that's obviously a big deal. It can go anywhere from the junkyard motor to twenty thousand dollars on a built LS swap. You know, yeah, yeah. this is kind of ridiculous. So um, found a, a company, Blueprint Engines. They're out of Nebraska kind of uh, had a turnkey solution for everything I wanted, fit the budget, and uh, basically it was a direct swap. So found a, found a local shop, did a great job, guy installed it, um, did a couple other things at the same time, and some new gauges. So so the engine, when you got it, you ordered it from these guys in Nebraska, they drop shipped it to your house? 
Yep. So you order you order this engine. It's it's basically. How did you get it over to the shop? That's a that's a kind of an interesting story. <laughs> so first you call shops and everyone's like, no, we're too busy. Hey, we'll do it. Yeah, it's going to cost you this much. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? So yeah. it was tough to find a guy that could commit to it and do it in a timely manner. Meantime, I I bought the engine and did a you know, I do a lot of homework on stuff before I buy stuff. So it was kind of like, okay, I've been up all night for three weeks reading every nook and cranny of every engine builder and everything. So yeah, they literally ship it crate motor inside of a, a big container, uh, weighs about 600 pounds, FedEx delivery, special freight delivery, drops it off to my garage inside my garage oh, wow. sitting there. Yeah. Ideally it would have gone to the shop, right? but I couldn't find anybody that would commit to it or that fit. So well. now you've got this engine sitting in your garage that you really can't manhandle and move around yourself. No, you can't even really open it yeah. or anything. So the, the engines are, are pre-run with dyno and everything beforehand. So they're, they're pretty positive. They, they run yeah, well they and they break work. in oils all break, in there. Yep. Yep. So yeah, you do the break in period. We're, we're still in that. So that's kind of something that I'm trying to, uh, get through so I can push it a little harder and uh, kind of lay some rubber, lay more rubber. So how many miles do you think you have on it already since you put the new engine in? About 300 something. Oh, wow. Not yeah. that much at all. Not much at all. Yeah. So I try to get out and drive it as much as I can. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to kind of get those miles down. And I feel like the more you drive it, the less stuff will go wrong. Sure. And the more you kind of stay and, on top of it. And now's when you get to test it to see if anything's going to go wrong. It's kind of like you want to drive it as much as you can right now to, to have anything that goes wrong happen now right right so that it doesn't happen you know eight months from now and then you call the shop that did the engine they go who exactly right. so yeah this this guy had some good tips he said hey you know call me next month he expected it to come back you know hey everything's great but just you know let me know and we'll do some stuff it was idling he had a high the oh that's right you told high. me about that yeah so we turned it down um that that kind of solved the run-on issue so there's just a couple minor things um and uh yeah ever, ever since then it's been just killer it's about 400 horsepower now so that's a far cry from that stock motor was a sleepy uh 195 or so, so so you can tell the difference now between how the car was even though aesthetically the car looks the same but you can tell the difference now between the truck how it was and how the truck is now with the new motor 100 percent. yeah it's it's a night and day difference really? before it was bogged down heavy emissions equipment and I don't know if we can talk about that, but that's, a, that's a, so it's uh it's a little more free flowing, let's say, and it's just it's like yeah, it's kind of a kind of a sleeper for sure. Yeah, and and the transmission is okay; it's hanging in there with it. Transmission's so good. We had that kind of looked at, uh, beefed up, rebuilt. Um, that was another option to go to a four speed or add an overdrive um, to kind of get maybe a, you know a better a better off the line speed and have that highway speed, but. Uh, budget and everything just didn't seem like it was worth it at the time. I was just kind of anxious to get it in and get it back. So yeah. um, everything looks good on that. And, uh, and one thing probably to complete it is out of posi track. So both wheels are, both wheels are spinning. Oh, you did um, posi on that? I haven't done it yet. Oh, you're, yeah, oh, that's, oh, on the, that's, that's on, that's the, on next, the next list. Yeah. And yeah. It's, so um, yeah, but the engine looks beautiful. No, it does. It looks really pretty. Hey, um, anything, any plans for suspension work on it? I mean, I mean, so just so I can, I, I can understand the direction you want to go with the truck. I mean, do you want to make the truck, is the, is the traction, the direction more in the line of, of a good handling kind of Canyon Carver type truck where you can kind of drive the twisties or is it uh -huh. more 
more of a outdoorsy truck where you want to maybe lift it up a little bit and put some knobbies on it or something. Yeah, no, definitely more uh, leaning towards the street performance. Street performance um, side. It has uh, drop spindles in the front, which basically lower the truck in the front, keep the same geometry. So it's a good option to keep your geometry and keep your, your ride comfortable. Yeah. Um, and then the back, they do a flip kit where they put the leaf springs underneath the axles so oh, yeah so it's got that. a little squat to it right now um there is a uh a ride tech makes a nice suspension so this one it, it's good new shocks rides nice is it is it for carving canyons maybe not uh if i did redo things or when i redo things there is a kit that's a little more aggressive as far as uh you know handling performance driven not just getting the thing on the ground yeah so that would be probably uh yeah it would be my my next my next uh big big ticket item so yeah. now yeah new shocks been lowered rides great rides nice um i just put the old stock uh rally rims back on it with white walls kind of going for the uh Retro stock look. grandpa grandpa lowrider look yeah so it's uh playing with that now and just kind of uh having fun with it nice so then, so then on your, the next thing is you said you wanted to do the uh, posi traction. Yeah, that's, your... that's on the short list of, uh, I think it'll make more, make it a lot more fun to drive and, uh, not just a one wheel peel. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so have you used it to tow the, the little trailer you have? Yeah. Yeah. It has towed the trailer worked great. Okay. Um, I did install a new bumper, uh, made sure to do my homework on rating cause it's, it's the old school the ball hitch is on the tray on, the, the, bumper, on itself. the bumper itself yeah yeah which I, I would rather have instead of bolting on you oh. know directly to the frame and having another weight on there and everything so it gets towed a little bit it's almost more for show when the when the trailer's there if it's local um we'll use our other suv to kind of tow it around for for serious things but, nice. nice yeah all right well i think um i think we kind of uh touch the topic of the cars and stuff why don't you let you know everybody know uh brian at tycor how will they could reach you if they have questions regarding title insurance or anything like that even if they just want to just they don't know anything about title insurance they just want to talk to you about it yeah how can they reach you yeah so my name's brian bayshore uh with tycor title company that's t-i-c-o-r um we're a part of the fnf umbrella of companies um one of the you know it is the the largest title insurance underwriter and policies written um in the nation so great company great reserves we cover commercial residential um purchase refinance all that stuff um uh, you know a, a phone call is always welcome an email text message whatever the, your chosen communication um my my name brian b-r-y-o-n bayshore b-a-s-h-o-r-e at ticor t-i-c-o-r title t-i-t-l-e dot com Brian Bayshore at tycortitle.com. Um, my phone number is 714-975-1773. Um, yeah, so feel free to reach me, phone call, email, carrier pigeon, whatever, kind of, <laughs> whatever it takes to, uh, to make a connection, you know? So it's just kind of uh, interesting how you meet people. I, I, I got a great client who loves cars as well. And how I got him was I was behind his Land Cruiser in Corona Del Mar, and I was like, oh, that's a really cool Land Cruiser, Toyota Land Cruiser. And yeah. Kind of built up, and he had a license plate frame, and it said his real estate company. So I called him, and I said, hey, man, love your Land Cruiser. And what's up? And he's like, oh, we're, we're so sick of our title person. 
you're our, you're our guy. When can you meet us? I'm like, really? Yep. So now we do, uh, we talk land cruisers and title. So holy moly, yeah. man. See, you never know where referrals or where, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, that really is, is kind of the gist of it. I mean, you just don't know where, where, where you're going to meet people and, and just the whole networking game. So yeah. Thanks, dude. Thanks for uh, for yeah. jumping on here. I, I really sincerely appreciate you jumping on and being here uh, and helping us out. And uh, again, this is uh, Ed Arango with uh, Ed's Auto Garage. And um, as many of you know, I'm with um, Newport Beach Insurance Center. We do all your insurance needs, whatever you need uh, regarding insurance. We are specializing, doubling down on the auto industry. So uh, commercial uh, auto shops and repair facilities and restoration shops, you know, we'd love you all. Come on, give us a ring at 949-358-7990. Again, it's Ed Arango with Ed's Auto Garage. Talk to you guys. See you guys next time. Thanks.